Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. I take that same Bible and turn with me to the, to the Psalms. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we're going to look at three verses here in Psalm 119, verse 105, verse 111, and 114, and then we're going to go to the New Testament to the book of 2 Peter. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Verse 111, your laws are my treasure, they are my heart's delight. Verse 114, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Can you say amen? amen. Now go to the New Testament, to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Because of that experience, Peter had just described being on the Mount of Transfiguration with James and John as Jesus' appearance changed. They saw the glory of God. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. And Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. We all say amen at the reading of God's word. You know, life is interesting. Everything can be going smooth. You have your life planned all laid out. The years are going by, week or year after year, and things are just great. Kids are doing good, successful in their own careers and family. I mean, you can sit back and just say, man, life it's good. You got a good job. Everyone is happy. And suddenly, a routine checkup reveals a health crisis. Life is happening. Things are going good. And suddenly, life takes the unexpected twist or turn. It happens to all of us. And a few good questions to ponder are how do I respond? When this happens, how do I navigate the roads that I have never been down before? How do I stay on the right path? These are all questions which are important for us to answer. So you received your notes when you came in. Today's title is this, the GPS of discipleship, navigating life's twists and turns. See, in life, we often find ourselves in unexpected situation, facing challenges we never anticipated. And as we navigate these twists and turns, it can be hard to know which direction to take. So as we're pondering this today, I want to start by asking you or all of us a question. What is guiding you? 
Write that word guiding. What is guiding you? Now, 95 or 98% of those here today would say, well, God is guiding me. Holy Spirit is guiding. The Word is guiding me. And, and yes, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But, but I want to bring something very practical. I want to talk about the first thing. I think to answer this, we have to ask ourselves, what is the first thing you do or look at before you leave the house in the mornings? Let's go a little bit deeper. What is the, what is the first thing you look at when you rise, when you get up in the morning? Is it the news? Is it social media? For us old timers, is it the newspaper? Some of you young folk don't know what that is. It's actually paper that's got, got pictures in and it's got all kind of articles about what's happening today. <laughs> do you phone a friend? Often what we do first determines the direction of your heart. Or is that which influences us for the day and determines whether we enter the day settled or anxious? There was an article titled Anxiety, Politics, and Critical Management Education. And in the article, it underlined the importance of what we do first in the morning, the first thing we do. And the author discovers or discusses how the initial activities of the day can set the tone for the rest of the day. Potentially increasing anxiety if those activities are stressful or overwhelming. Now, now while the study did not specifically mention social media use first thing in the morning, it's reasonable to draw from it that checking social media, which often involves exposure to stressors such as news, work emails, or, or social comparisons, could potentially increase anxiety levels. Research suggests that engaging in calming and positive activities first thing in the morning, such as a scripture, meditation, exercise, or reading could potentially help reduce anxiety levels throughout the day. Now, all of us are attached to this thing we call the cell phone. And often we use this as our clock. We use it as our alarm. It what wakes us up in the morning. And the, the temptation is, is not just to turn the alarm off, but the temptation is, is to go to social media or to go to the news site and to see what the headlines are. Now, I'm a news junkie. I want to know what's happening. So, so I'll, I often will find myself going to the news site. Or you're looking at Facebook to see who's talking about who or who did what last night or, 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 or Instagram or TikTok just to see the latest, funniest video and often this is the first thing that fills our mind, which affects how we deal with the next 23 hours of that day. So I want to challenge us. Be careful not to allow things or items which were never meant to influence or guide you be the first thing that affects you in the morning. 
I, I think most of us who, who have a phone probably have the YouVersion Bible out. If you don't, it's a great thing to download. But, but you can set it to give you a verse a day. Let me challenge you. The first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, instead of checking social media or TikTok or, or, or what's happening on the news, what about reading the verse of the day? Well, what about getting up and after you, you brush your teeth and you get your cup of coffee, get the, the Bible and set it out and begin reading it instead of reading the, the, the newspaper the first thing right. in the morning. Right. Because research has shown that the first things we do affect the rest of the day. Yeah. Now, we're talking about twists and turns. It's not about if they're going to happen. It's about when they happen. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where the unexpected happens. I mean, you can have your life plan. You can have everything laid out. And things can be going good week after week, even year after year. And then suddenly, something out of left field happens. It's a twist and a turn. And if we have our priorities, our first things in order, it will help us deal with these things more successfully. So let's talk about healthy disciplines. Write that word healthy. Creating healthy routines are essential to spiritual and mental health. Being mindful of what we allow to fill our minds first thing in the morning can go a long way to helping us navigate through life's twists and turns. As I stated, it's not a matter of with or, 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 or if something's going to happen. If the unexpected, it's a matter of when. And when we are mindful of what is the first thing we do in the morning and our morning routines are healthy, then we position ourselves to handle the unexpected, the twist and the turn. Because we'll find ourselves in a better place mentally and relationally. Now, naturally, let's talk about the word of God for a moment. As a follower of Christ, as a disciple, as a disciple of Jesus, we have a unique GPS system at our disposal, the word of God. It is our guide. It is our compass. It is our map. Look back at our first passage we read, Psalm 119, verse 105, your word's a lamp, your word's a light. And then 111, he says, your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Psalm 119 is a psalm that highlights the importance of God's word in our life. God's word will guide us. God's word is a treasured possession. It's a source of hope. And notice what the psalmist said. It's a lamp and a light. He uses this, this metaphor of a lamp and a light to describe the word of God. Because in life, we often find ourselves walking through the darkness of uncertainty, confusion, and fear. And God's word will be a light and a lamp. But write this. He says, it is my treasure. The psalmist treasured the word of God. When you treasure something, you hold it dear to you. If you treasure the word of God, you're more likely to obey the word. You're more, if you treasure the word of God, you're most likely to identify the voice of God. 
He says, your word is my desire. And that Hebrew word for desire means joy. The emotion of, of heart, of, of, of happiness and, and, and pleasure. And because the psalmist treasured the word of God, the word became a source of happiness and joy. Listen, when, when, when unexpected twists and turns happens in life, it's hard, it's difficult, but the word will be a lamp and a light to help guide us through those moments. And we can find joy even in the midst of hardship and pain because we realize that he is a good, good father. But write this word hope. And I think this is so imperative today, especially what is happening in the world, what's happening in society. The word can be a source of hope because the word provides comfort and reassurance in challenging times. That no matter what our circumstances that we are facing, God's word offers peace and instills hope, reminding us of God's unwavering love and faithfulness. You read the word of God, you're reading the stories of, of generations past who have, who have walked through challenging times, the twists and turns of life, heartache and pain, but they discovered the presence of God in the midst of those things. And when you read that word, it helps to, to, to give you joy and peace and, and hope that says, just as God was with them, God will be with me. And church, if our world needs hope, it is today. And if we need to be a people who are dispensing hope, then we need the word of God to be that to us. So let's take a few moments and talk about this idea of a GPS. Now, we know GPS is Global Positioning System. That's the acronym. And but I want to take and create our own acrostic just for a moment speaks to me of God's guidance. Again, Psalm 32, verse 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And I love how the New Living Translation puts this in plain, plain, plain language for us, English. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I don't want just a pathway or any pathway I don't know about you. I want the best pathway. I want that which God desires. Not even what I think I want. I, I trust him enough because he's a good, good father that, 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 Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next year holds. Now, this path seems right to me, but, Lord, I surrender myself to you. So lead me down the right path. God's guidance. How does he guide us? Yes, through the word of God. As you read the words, you study the word, you begin to get the mind of Christ, the mind of God, and you begin to understand and hear the voice of God. So he leads us through the word of God, but he also leads us through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the New Testament, to the book of John. John chapter 14, verse 23. This is Jesus talking. It says, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. I love this concept. I love this idea. Jesus says, and we, the father and me, the son will come and make our home with you. Go down a couple of chapters to chapter 16, verse seven. Again, Jesus is speaking. In fact, 
it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate will not come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. The advocate, the paraclete, our guide, I will send him to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now go down a verse, a few verses, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. So hear me, you have the word of God to help guide you, but you have the abiding presence of God living, dwelling within you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is the advocate. He is the spirit of truth. And he will guide you into truth. The apostle Paul writing to the church of Galatia. We've been going through the book of Galatians and on Wednesday night, chapter five, verse 25, he says, since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our life. Here we are, since we're living by the Spirit, we're spiritual, we're men and women of the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading, notice the qualifier, in every part of our lives. Not just the part you want to follow, every part. Not just on Sunday, but Monday. See, this Christian experience is to envelop your whole life. And when the twists and turns happen... Know this, yes, you have a lamp and a light called the Word of God. You also have the presence of the Holy Trinity abiding within you through the Spirit of God. Now, what we've got to do is learn to listen to him, learn to follow his leading. The, the King James uses the word walk in this verse. And that verb translated walk literally means follow in the steps of, stay right in line with. Stay right in line with the Spirit. Follow in the exact steps of the Spirit. I can remember when my kids were small, Tyler and Judah and Karis, I'd be walking beside them and sometimes they would try to step right in the same place I was stepping. Little kids do that. And it's important that we become like a child in our heart and we try to step right in the step that the Holy Spirit is leading. <laughs> I don't want to follow my steps, church. I want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because listen, a twist and turn is going to happen. The unexpected is going to come your way. It's not if, it's just a matter of when. I'm not pessimistic. I just want you to realize we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is ruled by the prince of the power of the air. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God has has a plan. God has a purpose. And church, what we got to do is follow in the steps of Papa, follow in the steps of Abba, follow in the steps of Abba Father. He is our guide. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Now write this. Not only must we, must we uh, follow God's guidance, we must also be persistent in faith. When the unexpected happen, when the twist and turn comes, a disciple doesn't give up. A disciple doesn't quit. A disciple holds on. Persist in faith. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 12, 
James writes this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. The NIV translates it this way, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he'll receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Let me read this out of the paraphrase, out of the message translation. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. And the picture is this. When life happens and the unexpected comes your way, persevere. Keep the faith endure the test because there's a reward waiting for you. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't become frustrated. Understand that in the world you'll have trouble, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The enemy is trying to discourage you. The enemy's trying to frustrate you. The enemy's trying to get you off course. The enemy's trying to get you to throw your hands up in frustration. But hear me, God is directing your steps. God is with you. He is not abandoned you, but God has come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit to guide you. So what we got to do is persevere. Now, young folk, what that means is you got to work through some hard times. Oh, I could go all over the young folk right now. This young generation. <laughs> We got to teach them a little bit of endurance. Come on. You got to teach them a little bit of how to, how to bear up. Not everything's going to be handed to you. Not everything's going to be on a silver platter. You got to work for it. Sometimes you got to press in. And sometimes you just got to keep going when everything's coming against you. Oh, I think I'm talking to the adults now. Come on. You thought I was going to leave you out, right? Life isn't always going to be easy. Persist in faith. Keep believing despite the opposition. Keep planting the seed. Romans 5 verse 3 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And that, that, that Greek word endurance, it means it's not a passive word uh, it means an active endurance. It's the determination to keep going, to keep watering our seed, even when the conditions are tough and growth seems slow. It's a cheerful and a hopeful endurance because we have faith in the harvest that is yet to come. You heard the old timers say, anything worth it, you got to fight for it. Anything worth it, you got to work for it. And church, you got to keep watering that seed even when you don't see progress. Even when you don't realize the harvest is around the corner. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep planting. Keep watering because you're enduring and the Lord's going to bring breakthrough. The Lord is going to bring victory. The Lord is going to help you. So when the unexpected happens, a disciple doesn't go to another path. A disciple holds on more tight, holds on with a firmer grip because they trust the heart 
of the Father. He's a good, good Father. We just sung the song, all my life, he has been faithful. Can I be honest? It's easy to sing that when you're around a bunch of other folk in a nice setting such as this. We got to sing it even when life isn't good, when life is hard, has given us the unexpected. Because the truth of the matter is he is a good, good father, persistent in faith. Let me tell you something else I think is so important. The word S, write this, service to others. Going back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, and don't use your freedom to satisfy your own sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. As disciples, we're not just navigating our own path. We're also called to help others find their way. And our service to others is a fundamental part of discipleship. It's amazing what happens when we begin to serve. Yesterday, we had 60 volunteers ministering to over 395, 94 families. And uh, that represents over 1,500 people blessed yesterday with groceries. The, the conservative value of those groceries were $100, $120 per family. If you take that 394 times it by 120, that's over like $47,000 that you were blessing people with yesterday. It's amazing what happens whenever you begin to serve others. It helps you reorientate your thoughts from off your own needs to the needs of others. And suddenly in the process... God meets your needs. God refreshes you. Which brings us to our last point. Following this simple GPS, following God's guidance, being persistent in faith, giving yourself to service to others will lead to spiritual growth. And God's called you to spiritual growth, spiritual discipleship. Because as you're being discipled, the outgrowth of that, the fruit of that, is you begin to disciple others. You begin to help lead others. But you got to first begin with yourself. Get, get, get home healthy, and guess what? You get the, the trunk of the tree healthy, and the branches become healthy and begin to bear fruit. Having given spiritual life to his people, God expects them to grow to maturity. God desires Spiritual growth of his people. Let me read a powerful passage to you in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It's actually the, the prayer of the Apostle Paul for the church of Ephesus. In verse, in verse 16, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through Christ, through his spirit. Notice, notice, notice what Paul understood about God. Through his glorious unlimited resources. His God is not limited. His God has it all. The old farmer says he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, meaning it's infinite, meaning there's an unlimited resource of his power that will empower you with inner strength. How? Through 
his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. There it is. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I and the Father will come and make our home with you. Paul's prayer is that they will understand the incredible greatness of God's power toward them. His unlimited resources. There's nothing that you walk through that God does not have the resource and the provision to take care of that. Paul says, I want you to understand this. I want you to grasp this. And when you do, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You may have the power to understand, as of all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. It's not a matter of if the unexpected will happen. It's really a matter of when. But when you've discovered and understood the unlimited resources of God's power toward you, and you're allowing your roots to go deep in him, called discipleship, calling growth, what happens is Christ is making his home in your heart. You're understanding the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You're understanding because the Holy Spirit is revealing the the very nature of God, his power toward you. And when the unexpected happens, though it may knock you down, you'll get up. Though, Though you feel like you're being persecuted, but you realized you're not abandoned by God. The enemy will take his best shot at you. The enemy will try to get you off course. The enemy will try to get you stuck. But because your roots are deep in Christ, you realize you have one who is guiding you and helping you. And though it is evil that happened to you, God has promised he's going to call it good in your life. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God are the called according to his purpose. Doesn't mean everything that happens to you is good. Matter of fact, you can pray the prayer of Joseph. You can say that exactly like Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for harm, God intended for good. And hear me today, what the enemy means for harm, what the enemy tried to do to get you discouraged, to get you to turn your back against God, you keep pressing in, you keep holding on, You keep following in his steps. You're looking for where he's stepping and what is happening. You realize God's going to turn it around and God's going to bring something good out of it. That's the faithfulness of the Lord. Your last fill in the blank is this. Write the word goal. God's goal for you is discipleship. To become more like Christ. That his life shine through you. Life is going to bring the unexpected. Challenges are going to come your way. I wish I could tell you, man, you'll never have any disappointments. I wish I could tell you, you're only going to have great days. But it would be wrong of me to tell you those things. But what I can tell you is that you have a God who will guide you. And as you persist in faith, you have a God who will reveal himself to you.
As you give yourself in service to others following the commands of the Lord, he's going to help you navigate those things. And instead of becoming bitter, instead of allowing walls to be erected, instead of living in hurt, confusion, he will help you work through those things. He'll help you release those things. He will help you. He'll help you give those things to the Lord. And what you will discover is the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, and you'll wake up realizing, man, I'm closer to God than I've ever been. His lamp, his light is guiding me. His word is <laughs> a treasure to me. His word is a source of delight. I find joy. And his word is my hope. If all we had was hope in this life, church, we'd be men most miserable. Our hope is beyond. We have the hope of Christ, the hope of glory, the blessed hope of the church. God is fighting your battles. Follow in his steps. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. God, your word is wonderful and good. Oh, it's powerful. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, because you help us even when life takes the turn of the unknown. And Lord, those, those things we do first, those first things are so important. God, in my own life, I can see where there are mornings, the first thing I do is I look to the news, I look to this or that. God, help me. Help me to look first to you, to your word, to get what thus saith the Lord is for today. And Lord, when we do those things, it'll help us be in position that when the unexpected happens, we can handle it a little better. Father, Jesus declared that he was the good shepherd. He knows his sheep and the sheep know his voice. God, we want to develop the ability to know your voice better. And we do this through the word of God. We do this through the study of the word. I want to ask you today as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed. You know, sometimes it's like driving. We, we may pass a car and you see where they're in a ditch. And you realize that something happened. They took their eye off the road. Something unexpected happened and they find themselves stuck. I got my car in the ditch one time. Because I neglected to keep my eyes on the road. And sometimes life is that way. Sometimes we find ourselves in the ditch. Sometimes we find ourselves stuck. And, and sometimes what happens is we feel guilty about it. We feel bad about that. And, and, and we know we should run back to God, but, but we feel ashamed because we shouldn't be found in that place to begin with. I need you to hear this. God loves you. 
God does not condemn you. He's, he's given his son to help us. Now maybe you feel stuck in a situation, stuck in a crisis, stuck. You just don't know what to do. Everything God does is restorative in nature. I want you to know God loves you. You're here today and say, Pastor, I kind of feel that way this morning. I don't want to be in the ditch of life. I don't want to be stuck. So, Pastor, can you pray for me? Let me see your hand right now. Just lift your hand. I see those hands. Yes, yes, yes. And it's common to, to a lot of us in our experiences. We, we get in the ditch of life. Thank you for your transparency today. Now, maybe, maybe you're here and you're facing the unexpected. You're facing something you never thought you'd have to face. And you really need the presence of the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you. And you want to you want, you want be led by faith and not fear. You want to be led by faith and not anxiety. If that's you here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm, I'm, I'm in that, that unexpected moment. Pray for me, Pastor. Let me see your hand all across this auditorium. Yes, yes, God, yes. He sees you. Holy Spirit, you are here helping us. Now, I think I, you're here today because you want God to guide you. You want God to lead you. We're here today because we're people of faith. So to ask, you want God to be your guide to lead every step that you walk? You want, you want to do the first things first, put him first in every thought, every action in the mornings? If that's you, GT Worship is going to lead us. I want to ask you to stand all across this auditorium as we respond to the preaching of the word today. We respond to the Lord. Here I am, God. If you feel comfortable raising your hands, will you, will you do that right now as a sign of surrender? Just lift your hands toward heaven. God, I surrender to you. I surrender my way, my path. Maybe you find yourself stuck. You find yourself in that niche. Right now, the Lord is here to help. The Lord is here to guide you. God is here to, to heal your hurts, your pain. Now, I believe that we, we should respond to the word. So I want to ask you to respond to the word of God today by stepping out where you are and coming down front. Let's make an altar up here. Here I am, God. I give you my 